Morning, everyone. Welcome to CityGate and uh, welcome to our detox series. We are seven days into 2024. How are you doing so far? Oh, that was quite a mix of reactions there. How are you feeling about the year ahead? If we, if we lined everybody up from this corner to that far corner with people at this end massively motivated and hugely excited about the year ahead and people in the far corner, well, rather move on to 2025 as quick as possible. I wonder where you'd be. Excited end, miserable end. I wonder where you'd be. Each year, at the end of the year, there's a BBC correspondence look ahead to the next year. And uh, they get a few of their well-known correspondents from around the world, and they pick out some stuff that they think is going to happen in their region in that year coming. And this year, uh, there were two major things that came up for the year ahead. One was the elections that are happening around the world. Apparently, half the world's population are voting this year. It's just an enormous number of elections happening in different countries around the world. And of course, the other one was the wars that are going on at the moment. But what, that's like a big global picture. What about your smaller picture for this year ahead? What might happen in your world this year? Who might be prominent in your year this year in 2024? And maybe even you're asking, how could I make some changes this year for a healthier overall year? Now, that sort of thing comes around, obviously, at the end of a year and the start of a year. And in that regard, sometimes we hear the word detox used. Now, I've never really been a fan of detox because all they ever seem to present is green stuff. Have you noticed that? Green liquids and green food. And while I need a bit of green, that in itself does not give me a great picture for the year ahead. But this term detox or detoxification means this. It's a process or a period of time in which one abstains from or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. And in fact, your physical body is remarkably capable in most cases of doing that. Your body is designed by God to rid yourself of toxic substances all the time. Your kidneys, your liver, your lungs, your digestive system, your skin, your body's doing that all the time. But perhaps a more general life detox could help each of us get into a more positive and generally healthy place. So at the start of 2024, we decided to take four weeks to look at certain topics of how can we this year get on the route to a more positive, healthy, God-filled life. And whether you're a Christian here this morning or you're not, these will be relevant to you because these are issues that every single one of us is facing. And not just each one of us, but those around us. A better, more healthy, more God-focused you is a better, more healthy, more God-focused world around you too. And of the many things we could have looked at, we've chosen four. Detox your mind, which we'll look at today. Detox your body, detox your relationships, and detox your identity. 
Now, you may have noticed, as I have, that there are plenty of websites and books out there giving us advice on how to detox our minds, how to declutter our minds, how to remove negative thought patterns that we tend to live with. Here are a few that I've come across. Get outside more. Have some regular you time, whatever that means. Here's a good one. Switch off your phone and give social media a break. Anybody tried that yet this year? Oh, okay. Well, there, there's a tip for free. Try journaling. Apparently, journaling is just a great way to unload your mind and get stuff down. Walk more. Write a to-do list. Go to bed earlier is a major one. All of which are, of course, very, very helpful. But my question is this. Our question for today is this, whether you, again, whether you are a Christian or not, does God, does the Bible have anything to say about this topic of detoxing the mind? And the answer to that is absolutely. Now, if you look through the Bible, you won't find the word detox, of course, but this subject of decluttering, of refreshing, of renewing our minds is definitely prominent in the Bible. In fact, from beginning to end, God's word is concerned that we think rightly and presents to us the problems we encounter when we don't. So here are a few very important words on this topic from a letter in the New Testament called Romans. The guy called Paul is writing, he's writing to a church in Rome, and he says this, short passage. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform any long to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So I've got a few points I'd like to make on this subject of detoxing the mind. Here's the first. We're all in the mind detox challenge. I don't know how you feel about the state of your mind, but I have absolutely no doubt that you, whatever state you're in, have a mind detox challenge because everyone develops unhealthy habits, unhealthy patterns of life, things we do or things we don't do because we've developed patterns of thinking that are not helpful. And every pattern of thinking results in a pattern of action. And every pattern of action begins with a pattern of thinking. That's just how life works. And much of the time, when we have negative patterns of thinking, we tend to put up with them. Don't you find that? It's easier to put up with than it is to face it. But what might life look like if we had the courage to face some of those negative patterns of thinking that lead to negative patterns of action? Now, if you've read any of the Bible, you will know that the Bible is honest through and through. 
The Bible is so far from just a spiritual bunch of writings. It is honest through and through. It's honest about what mankind is like, remarkable and beautiful and yet full of sin. It's remarkably honest about Old Testament characters, about the early church and its leaders. And it's remarkably honest about the challenges we face. It is amazing that a book written thousands of years ago is bang up to date. Well, that's because God wrote it and he knows what we're like all through time. And in a sense, because the issues that people have faced at core have never really changed. And we have an honest assessment in this passage that we just read of one of our greatest everyday challenges. It's a mental challenge. And in this passage, it's expressed negatively and positively in a very short space. So negatively in verse 2, Paul has written this to the church in Rome, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What he's saying is, don't be shaped by the thinking and the ways that you see people living around you. Anybody know that's exactly what we do do a lot of the time? What we see people doing and living and behaving and the values we see proposed are the values that we tend to absorb and get shaped by. Or think of a chameleon, a different image. A chameleon colors itself into the background of where it is. That's, let's be honest, that's how many of us tend to live or have a tendency to live. We tend to fit into the context in which we find ourselves. And Paul here, in a negative sense, is saying, don't do that. Don't just conform and be what everyone else is around. But positively, he says this. This is the challenge the negative part and the positive part, but be transformed by the renewing, or you could say the detoxing of your mind. As anybody here know, it is really hard to change ingrained thought patterns. Anybody spotted that? And that's just the inconsequential ones. A few weeks ago, Jackie changed in our kitchen, my wife, she changed where the teaspoons are. I mean, if there's anything to confuse a man, it's doing something like that. I haven't yet got my brain to stop going there and to go there. I'm really struggling to change my thought pattern on that. And the staff room upstairs here in Citygate, I have an even bigger problem. Months ago, The bins were moved from beside the fridge to the other wall. And I'm not kidding you, I have not once yet gone to the new place. That is, months have gone by. How much harder to change the consequential thought patterns, especially negative, life-shaping ones. Maybe some like these. Maybe some that you developed from your background. Things like expectations from a parent or a carer. Things like a model of what love and acceptance looks like. Things like what success in life looks like. Things from your background, things developed at school. Anybody here have a tough time at school? No? 
I had a tough time at school. People say things like, school, the best days of my life. I think, not at the school I went to. Bullying had an effect on me at school. Anybody else? Things that happened at school can have a huge effect. The way that friendships are formed, whether you feel intelligent or not, things that teachers say about you. And then there are thought patterns that we develop in adult life, maybe building on earlier parts of life, but that happen in adult life. Feeling in the end maybe that I have failed. Maybe feeling in the end that I've become unlovable. Or even that I'm past it. Now life is a beautiful gift, is it not? Life is a beautiful gift. Think of some of the people you've met. Think of some of the places you've been. Think of some of the positive memories from the past. Think of some of the hopes you might have for the future. But life is also a battle of the mind. Think of the people you've met. Think of the places you've been. Think of the memories from the past. Think about anxieties for the future. And let's just face this, because we're not solving anything yet. I appreciate that. We're just saying the Bible is very honest, and it's presenting to us straight up front, there is a battle in the mind going on. It's a battle against the negative and for the positive. And let's just face this. To one degree or another, this battle will be ever-present. There is nobody who's ever lived this life who has reached the end of it and has a completely detoxed mind. It is an ongoing battle to which there is no quick fix. It's interesting that in this passage, if you study the original language, both of those terms, do not conform but be transformed, are what we call present imperatives. In other words, this writer is saying this, you're going to have to keep doing this. It's an instruction, it's an imperative, you've got to do this, and it's a present one. You will never have a time when your mind is not a ground for battle. We will need to constantly and actively be engaged in this process. All of which might lead you to say, thanks a bunch, Tim. That's really encouraging me this morning. So let's move on. Having faced it that we've all got this challenge. Secondly, detoxing the mind, as we've hinted at, is the route often to transformation. Detoxing the mind is the route to transformation. That's the reason for starting this series with this particular subject. Detoxing the mind is the primary usual route to life transformation. So Paul says in verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Now we should clarify this. This is very important. If you are a Christian here this morning, the moment you became a follower of Jesus, you were transformed absolutely. Your past was transformed in that it was completely forgiven and dealt with and your slate, as we sometimes say, wiped clean. Your present is completely different because God is in it now and you are in him. And your future is completely and utterly transformed because from having had a destiny of hell, you now have a destiny of heaven. Everything gets utterly transformed in that moment. But that is not the transformation that Paul is talking about here. 
That transformation that I just described was the declaration of God over you in a moment. This transformation is the ongoing process of becoming in practice more of what God has declared you already to be. Liken it to this. I've got a marriage to take, a wedding to take in, was it, two or three weeks' time? And there'll be a moment in that wedding service that is absolutely transformative for that couple. It's the moment when they've said their vows, they've made their declarations, they've exchanged rings, and then I get the privilege of saying to everybody, and particularly to them, on the basis, I can't even remember what I say, I've done it so many times, but on the basis of what, <laughs> of what you've promised, I have the privilege of declaring that you are now husband and wife. And in that moment, a massive change happens in their status and their relationship and their being a unit in the community that they weren't a few seconds before. It happens, bang, there. But there's a sense as well that that massive transformation in a moment becomes the beginning of a lifelong transformation. Because to build a healthy marriage is going to take, my goodness, it's going to take a lot of transforming on both parts. Anybody know that? The declaration, that was very loud over here somewhere. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to pick you out quite so, obviously. But I I couldn't help but hear whose voice that was. (laughs) Sorry, let's go this way. Uh, The... (laughs) The declaration of transformation in a moment becomes the beginning of a process of transformation for the rest of the life. That's what this kind of transformation is about. And here I suggest to you is what we usually think. My life would be transformed with a change in my circumstances. Aren't you tempted to think that sometimes? If my boss was different, Dare I say, if my spouse was different, I won't look anywhere this time. If my children were different, if my health was different, if my finances were different. And yes, there's a part of that, isn't there? There's a part of truth in that. But what if it were possible to think differently? What if it were possible to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, not by a change of circumstances? What about if it was possible to have a renewed, a detoxed mindset about those circumstances that I cannot change, or in fact, some that I shouldn't be seeking to change? Because a renewed mind is almost always God's route to transformation. Let's take one example. There could be many. Here's one. There must be (laughs) things about yourself that you're not entirely delighted about. You don't have to respond to that. There must be. I'm just taking it as a given. I can think of a few for myself. And how we feel about those things can lead down some pretty unhelpful, even destructive comparison paths. Things like this. See what she's like? See what he earns? See what she's done with her life? 
Look at their children. And the pressure to conform outwardly can lead us down some pretty dark places. Because we usually end up failing anyway, because there's always someone better to compare ourselves with. And it's those we tend to spot. Or, actually, if we do succeed and make something of ourselves, what's our tendency then? To end up in pride and looking down on others. It's just a bad route, whichever way it ends up leading. But what if it were possible, on this matter of how we feel about ourselves, what if it were possible to be transformed, not by an external change of circumstances, but by an internal change of thinking, of heart and mind? What about if it was possible to find peace in who God has made you to be. Don't you think that would be transforming? What about if it was possible to be content with who God has made you and what he has designed for you at this point in time? What if it was possible, rather than falling for the comparison path, to walk down the route of gratitude? God, thank you that I have this and this and this, rather than I wish I had that and that and the other. What if it was possible to know and be satisfied that I am loved perfectly by God, even if not by anybody else. What about knowing? What sort of transformation would it lead to to really know that one day, as a follower of Jesus, when I die or he returns, I will be in perfection forever? What sort of transformations might be affected by that kind of thinking that would be having <clears throat> having your mind renewed and that is how positive change and transformation always comes which leads us to this this is where we've been going all of which leads finally to this detoxing the mind requires recalibration i don't know if you spotted but Paul's first word in this passage that we read is therefore. And that little word refers back to the end of chapter 11. This is chapter 12. Therefore takes us back to chapter 11. What he's saying is, in light of all that I've been saying, I'm now going to say this. I'm saying this because of that. So you've got to go back and find out what it was that he was talking about. And in fact, not just to the previous bit, but to the whole letter. And what's been happening is this. Paul, in this whole letter, 11 chapters up to this point, has been detailing the gospel. He's been detailing what God has done for mankind. Because all of us, at some point, are not followers of Jesus and are not loving God. And we get to a point, hopefully, where we turn and say, God, I need you. And Paul's saying, here's what God has done to get us from this point to that point. And he concludes at the end of 11 chapters with this. It's like his mind has been blown. And he just rings out in praise of what God has done and who he is. He says this at the end of chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. 
In other words, he's blowing my mind. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Now, Paul's been tracing them out, and still he says, I can't work it all out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? As if God needs any help. Who was ever given to God that God should have to repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen. That's where he's got to at the end of chapter 11. Therefore, you see what's going on? What Paul is not doing is just giving a little, bit, a little bit of a mental tip. Tell you what you should do. Stop thinking so many negative things. Start thinking some positive things. Well, in a sense, yes, but the therefore tells us he's building on all that's come before and especially where he's got to at the end of chapter 11. So it's like this in verse 1. In view of all that God has done, live for him. Worship him. Offer yourselves to him. Live with him at the very center of your thinking and doing. And that, my friends, is the key to renewing or re-detoxing or rewiring your mind. Because the only real ultimate answer to mental detoxing is to get a bigger view of God. Otherwise, all you're left with is a bigger view of how can I help myself? And in the end, that will fall down. A bigger view of God. Recalibrating everything else accordingly and living that way with God at the very center. Because a mind full of God, with a mind full of God, all other considerations get resized. I took my oldest son once when he was little to Gatwick Airport where there was a view. We just needed something to do for the day. We lived in Sussex. There was a viewing gallery. And I, I told him to look over at that aircraft. It was a huge Boeing 747. And I said, can you see that man underneath the plane? He was putting some fuel in or something. I can't remember. Right over there. And this man, of course... You could hardly see him. Well, if I'd stood a man next to Sam, this little Sam of mine, he'd have, I'd have, if I'd said, is that man quite big? He'd have said, oh, yeah. But I can resize that man by saying, Sam, see that man there? He's a normal-sized man. How, look how tiny he is compared to the vast plain there. That is what happens when you get your mind full of God. Everything else gets recalibrated, and that is the secret to having your mind renewed and your life transformed. All other joys find their place under the great joy that is God, and every single challenge gets resized with a mind full of God. I want to give you one final encouragement because there is help here. If you're a Christian this morning or if you're not a Christian here this morning, there is help here. Because if all I gave you was, hey, you should do this, well, it might be helpful, 
But thank God there is always help. You know, I said that both of those instructions, do not conform and be transformed, are present imperatives. You've got to keep on doing it, and you've got to do it. Well, there's also a sense, an absolutely right sense, that both of those things happen to us. We get conformed by being in the world, and we get transformed by being in God because his life is in us. That's how we get transformed, not just by trying harder, but by having more of God in our lives. His work and his power will transform us. Now, we should respond in some small way, I suspect, at the start of 2024 to the mental challenges and to the idea of detoxing our minds. I'm going to give you some free DIY help to do so. I'm not known for my DIY help because I'm not known for my DIY skills. But I've learned this. If you've got a radiator that's cold at the top, what do you do? You bleed it. If you've got a radiator that's cold at the bottom, you've got a different problem. Do you know why you've got a radiator? If you've got a radiator that's cold at the bottom, do you know what it is? Ah, you see, I'm going to help you here. It's sludge and muck and stuff that's built up over the years, running through your system and scale and so on, that's settled in the bottom of your radiators. And there's no point bleeding it because it's not going to help at all. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to get in a clever bloke or someone with the right pipes and tools to flush it out. The only way to get rid of that sludge and muck is to flush out the rubbish that has accumulated over the years. And do you know what you've got to do if you've developed unhelpful patterns of thinking that have conformed to the world and instead need to be transformed by having your mind renewed? You've got to get a God flush in. May I put it like that? There's no point getting a man in. You've got to get God in. Only he can flush out the muck and the stuff that's accumulated in your mind. So I'm going to give us a moment just now for us to think about, God, what is it that's got stuck in my mind? What's the muck and the sludge that has accumulated? Or maybe this. Maybe you're here. Maybe you've never been here before. Maybe you're thinking, what is this Christian thing all about? This might be your moment, at least to open up your mind to say, God, if you're there, I would really like to know you because this life is a tough business and I want to know where I'm going when I die. So whichever camp you're in there, maybe I find this helpful to close my eyes. just helps me concentrate. And here's what I'm actually going to ask us to do. Simple, simple thing. I'm going to say, when or if you work out what your mental battle is, what your pattern of thinking that's got negative and developed and accumulated is, the simplest thing I know to help you to do is just to stand up where you are. I'm not going to ask anyone to do anything. It's just there's power in doing something, even if it's tiny, rather than just sitting there. So let's ask God to help us, shall we? Holy Spirit, thank you you are right here. Thank you you love us. Thank you you're for us. And Lord, thank you that there is a route to transformation through renewed minds that are full of God. So why don't you, 
if you know what your pattern of thinking is that in 2024 could do with being flushed out, why don't you just stand where you are? And when you stood, because there must be loads of us, when you stood where you are, here's what you do. You talk to God. And if you're not used to talking to God, try. Because he's listening. Because he's here. And he cares. So just talk to him. Be honest. Say, God, this is what it is. And just have a chat. I'm very aware that for many, it might be that you need more help than just this this morning. You might need to find a trusted friend. You might want to look out later in the year for Freedom in Christ that we're going to run as a group. That will help with this kind of stuff. But for the minute, just talk to him. And if you know that you've been believing a lie that you can identify, I've been believing this about myself or about life or about someone else, then what you do with a lie is you find a truth and you squash the lie with the truth. For example, I feel unlovable. The lie, you squash it or you begin to start squashing it with God loves me. For example, So ask yourself, what would God say about the thing that you've identified? You know he loves you. You know he's never going to leave you or reject you because of it. What would he say? What does a big view of God do to the pattern of thinking that you've been identifying? I'm very, very conscious that this is really just the beginning of working at this. You may want to find a trusted friend. You might want to look out for Freedom in Christ that we're running as a group later this year. You might simply need to go home and begin to work out how does changing this pattern of thinking look in my life? How does a big view of God recalibrate what I've been believing? But Holy Spirit, thank you that you are doing some work. Thank you this isn't a <clears throat> just an instruction, though it is that. Thank you there is hope because there is help. Holy Spirit, help. So Lord, we pray that there will be transformation as lies and patterns of thinking are kicked out and our minds are renewed for your glory, for our good, and for the blessing of those around us. Amen. Let's sing to close.